Welcome to Gleaming the Tube, the podcast where Kevin and Mike watch a film in which somebody rides a skateboard at some point. Finally, a podcast where people talk about movies. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kevin. 2012's The Amazing Spider-Man, directed by Mark Webb, tells the story of young Peter Parker, who is bitten by a radioactive spider and then does whatever a spider can, spins a web any size. Catches thieves just like flies, up to and including some sick kickflips on a skateboard. It's true. Now, Michael, Spider-Man is a storied figure in movie history, so I thought we would, in the tradition of the Spider-Verse bringing in various entities to convene around a single topic, we have two guests tonight. Uh, Joe Crow, please say hello to the people and... Tell everyone who you are and what you do. It's me. I'm Joe Crow. I'm the. Uh, I'm a writer and editor, a pro wrestling announcer. I um, am also the uh, co-director of the American Sci-Fi Classics track at DragonCon, and I host panels and Q and As, and I do nerdy panels every two weeks on the interwebs. Much like this one, but without skateboarding. Tony Ann, say hello to the nice people. Howdy, everyone. Uh, I am a mild manner computer science professor by day. Uh, and at night, I am watching Star Trek for the first time ever. I've gotten all the way up through Enterprise. There's lyrics. It's weird. Um, and I also watch all things nerdy, participate in all things nerdy, uh, like to be on panels that have nerd nerdy things and skateboarding things so that's great happy to be here thanks so Antonia, you had mentioned that you had watched every spider movie recently yes um so in preparation for the latest uh film uh i decided a rewatch had to be done uh so we did the three toby Maguire movies uh, the two uh, Amazing Spider-Man movies, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which I hadn't seen before, so that one was new to me, um, and then the first two um, MCU movies, uh, right, all right before, at the end of last year, um, and we did it in about a week, and it was uh, it was a lot of Spider-Man all at once. <laughs> That's a lot. It of was. It was, uh, and and it was great because that was a perfect way to watch the newest movie and and get all those little things. Uh, but when I was re- remembering back for tonight, I was like, "Wait, is that the movie where so and so got killed?" And my husband's like, "No, no, no, that was this other movie." And I was like, "Oh wait, was that the time that this Uncle Ben died?" And he's like, "No, no, no, that was this one." So there's, um, it's now all congealed in my head, uh, which. Which is not great. So many uncles Ben meet their fate. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Joe, what do you what do you uh, what do you think about 2012's The Amazing Spider Man and where it fits into uh, the cinematic oeuvre of Spider Man? I I dug it. I I thought that Andrew Gar the Andrew Garfield Spider Man's Spider Men 
uh, those two movies did Spider-Man better than the Tobey Maguire movies, while the Tobey Maguire movies did Peter Parker stuff better. Michael, what do you think of this movie? I, you know, I would say it, it, it really kind of failed to make much of an impression on me. To be perfectly honest with you, I, I was very, very excited when the when the original Tobey Maguire ones came out. I, you know, the first two, you know, being a big fan of Sam Raimi and seeing. Be, seeing the way Sam Raimi managed to make a, a, a very Sam Raimi movie, but with a fucking massive budget, you know, and of, you know, of course, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got Bruce Campbell and you, that stuff, I, you know, that felt very much like the, the Spider-Man movie I wanted to see. And so when I, and I had, I had not seen the Andrew Garfield ones at all. Uh, I just sort of skipped over them Um and I, I and I don't have a reason why that is. I just sort of didn't bother to go see them. So when I, so when I watched it the other day, it was the first time that I had seen the, the Andrew Garfield ones, and it it felt like I I only took note of stuff I felt like was missing. Like there's no Joy. J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> What's that? Joy. <laughs> <laughs> Joy. Yeah. There's well, there's no J. Jonah Jameson. It it felt like there was a, a sort of a lack of awesomeness and the only other and and again the only other observation i made is that it hadn't occurred to me that in some versions of spider-man the webs are a part of him and in other versions of spider-man the webs are an invention that he made to be able to you know and so i was like i noted that i was like oh that's an interesting thing but other than that i i mean i like sally field (laughs) i like I, you, know, you like, like her. Yeah. You really like her. I really like her. But yeah, it, I will say that I the movie ended, and I was kind of like, "Is that is that the the end of the movie?" There, it didn't really. So you probably haven't seen the No Way Home movie, then, Mike? Have you? I saw. The, is that the most recent one? Yes, I haven't seen the most recent one. Although you know, it's difficult to avoid at this point. I'm 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 very well aware that it does a good job of sort of like unifying all those sp- spider verses or whatever so i am very interested in seeing it but um yeah the andrew garfield one left zero impression on me at all except that there was skateboarding in it which i was like oh yeah (laughs) that's yeah i i I thought this movie was like kind of a joyless slog i like you i love this i love the sam raimi ones um i agree with joe that it gets the peter parker stuff better and i will like one thing i will say for this movie is the footage of spider-man in costumes swinging around manhattan looks better than that stuff does in the Sam Raimi movie. Sure. Okay. I can see that. But overall, and there are things about it where like on paper, like I think the cast is fine. I think Andrew Garfield's pretty good. I I love Emma Stone. I think I like Dennis Leary is a captain Stacy. I was surprised and delighted by uh, Dennis Leary. I was like, Oh, Dennis Leary. (laughs) The whole thing though was just kind of flat for me. I was so, I, I was tickled to see you know, like you said, all the famous people that we have heard of and seen in other things, uh, and also Spider-Man. Um, it was a, I was I was happy to be watching a Spider-Man thing, but that's pretty much as far as it went. I I think it was hard because it was just what ten years after the Tobey Maguire movies, and so. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So we're seeing another origin story. Not when we just saw, like we already saw uh, Uncle Ben die. Now we're seeing a younger, different Uncle yeah. Ben die who used to be the president or something. I can't remember in the timeline where that comes out. <laughs> um, and then we see, you know, an, an Aunt May who's a different Aunt May, but is, you know, sort of doing her thing. And there are, are the good things that we get to see, like him building the webs and, and doing some of the other stuff. And, and we're getting to see Gwen instead of MJ. So there were like these little differences, but they, because we just saw so much of it, there wasn't that much extra you know, Risa fans did, they, they all did great. Like, it was great. Like, I'm going to turn everybody into a lizard and we're all going to evolve into dinosaurs. Like, cool, except that it didn't happen. And, and then people died. So many people learn who Spider-Man is. And that's like the whole point of Spider-Man. It like, they did this whole thing in the comics of like, um, before when Civil War came out of Spider-Man, like finally yeah. giving away his identity because he hadn't for so long. And like five people learn it in the first movie. And you're like, what the, what are you doing? Like, have you read Spider-Man ever? Have you looked at it once? I genuinely feel that's because of the mask. I feel like the Spider-Man costume is one of the best costumes in comic books. But when you put it on screen and you cast like a movie star in it, and you want them to act under this full face, ma- full face mask. Like Superman's got his face flying free. Batman's yeah. just got the cowl. And, you know, with Iron Man, you cut to the shot of him inside the mask. And I think- Genius, with, by the way. Right. Yes. With uh, with Spider-Man, it's like, how can we- it's, It seems like they're constantly coming up with excuses to get that damn mask off him so he can act. So he can right. show the acting. So you can see that sweet Garfield jawline. Eyes are the window to the soul. It's true, and it was so that and I, so that speaks to exactly kind of the way I felt about it. Was we can we can argue that the the, the third Sam Raimi Spider Man is something else entirely, but those first two, you know that rain that Sam Raimi <laughs> touch of of quality made those movies so fun and so exciting to watch. And yeah, and th- this one, I was just like, it really felt like like sort of like the Diet Pepsi version. <laughs> Where I was like, ah, if it's cold and you drink it fast enough, it maybe could taste like Pepsi, but it's not quite the same thing. I don't know. If, if nothing else, like you watch those first two Sam Raimi movies and I feel like every frame of that movie has like you can tell how much Sam Raimi loves Spider-Man. Right, right. I agree. Well, I agree with Joe and I also agree Kevin with what you just said about, you know, Sam Raimi being that fan and obviously did the homework, read read the assignment uh and and mm. you know, learned all that, but you know, t- with Tom Holland you get that the the really great marriage of Spider-Man and Peter Parker where he's always running his mouth when he's Spider-Man and he's trying to geek out and be a good nephew and be a good friend when he's Peter Parker. And, and here, Andrew Garfield runs those lines when he's Spider-Man. Like it's like those, hearing those one-liners and, and hearing him just run his mouth like that and knowing that he's not like, he's not American. So like, that's even like, he's pulling off that accent and it's, I believe that he's from New York. Um, kind of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mostly. But he's he's running it fast. You know, it's hard to get that fast, um, that fast speech 
um, if you're not originally from, you know, the North. Um, and, and that was missing so much in, in Toby's Spider-Man. Yeah. I thought with Andrew Garfield, like there's the scene where I think there's like a hoodlum with a knife and he's kind of wisecracking going like, Oh no, my biggest fear a knife. And that felt very Spider-Man to me, but a lot of, I think it was just kind of, I felt like the movie was like weirdly paced and it looked kind of ugly and the CGI on the giant lizard didn't work for me at all. <laughs> and I did like that um, Peter Parker used Bing to research mm. Kurt Connors in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why is everyone so sad? It's Spider-Man. This should be you. you now, granted, Peter Parker... He's a little emo. Has a, yeah. has a hard life, I guess. Except that I mean, there's a but he he leans into that uh, a lot. But the whole deal is that when he's Spider Man, he's he's freed from his awful life as Peter Parker, and we spend so much time with him. Um, uh, I I don't know. I. Mm, it's 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 a, it's a weird balance to have to strike and uh i think that maybe the these we didn't know they were the middle movies at the time but i feel like the people who did these two movies were taking the scraps that were left over but whatever spider-man stuff was laying around that they didn't use in the first three in the Tobey Maguire movies. So they could, they, although they're, they're Harry Osborne is in it. They didn't go all in on green goblin since they had just done it in mm. the first Tobey Maguire movie. And so they had to kind of just do what, sure. do whatever they had, they could with what they had left. And that is what this movie felt like to me. It felt like the leftovers, the scraps that they all had to kind of, push into a pile and see what happens yeah it seemed like there were a lot of conscious choices to not be the sam raimi movies to make this something different so like uh jk simmons was as j jonah jameson is probably like the best piece of casting in any superhero movie ever so they just don't even bother to recast that character. yeah yeah how, how are you gonna recast that guy yeah i mean even in the marvel cinematic universe they're just like well let's just hire him again yeah i mean he's the guy so my question is uh, the the villain in this movie is he was is that a is that canon is is that a, a named villain? Yeah, that's the lizard. Yeah, the lizard. From, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Doctor Kurt Connors becomes the lizard. Yeah, he's from the original Stan Lee Steve Ditko comics. And and what I did like is I did like that they you know they go through the reasoning behind that right. He he has loss of a limb and he's trying to grow his limb back. And they're also doing this because Norman Osborn is dying and has this disease he wants to, right? So they're like, they're not doing this for crazy reasons or just to get rich. They're doing it to like heal themselves. Okay, like that's sort of a noble thing. And then it goes off the rails as these things do. And I do think Spider-Man, like Batman, is kind of lucky in that he has like a pretty deep rogues gallery. Like a lot of these heroes that they're making movies of like, you know, Wonder Woman or Iron Man, they have like maybe two or three big villains, but yeah. I think Spider-Man and Batman, like 
you can you can go to the well. Like they haven't had they haven't had to bust out Stiltman yet. <laughs> Not yet. That's the thing. Like you can you can throw three, two and three and four Spider-Man villains in a movie and you still haven't run out. You you still got time for them to do a Morbius movie with Jared Leto. Well, see, it's I funny because that I I that's actually I think I remember feeling that way about one of the Tobey Maguire ones where there was like they had like three villains stacked. And I yeah. remember thinking, like, what are we why are we being so free and loose with villains? It felt like none of them got a really great sort of background story. Can I can I tell you some behind the scenes stuff there, Mike, as to why? Lay it on me. Uh, Sam Raimi really wanted to do the Sandman and the studio really wanted him to do Venom. And what happened was they just put them all in the movie so that everyone would be happy and no one wound up happy. Venom Venom was big at the time. Venom was everywhere doing everything. And if you did not do Venom, people were going to be displeased probably. Not that it wouldn't have been a great Sandman movie, but like, Venom was everywhere. Yeah, but I think Venom was introduced in the 80s, and I think Sam Raimi's main interest was the Spider-Man comics from the 60s. Yeah, I uh, I remember I saw the third Tobey Maguire Spider-Man in the theater and watched the theater have sort of the unfortunate wrong reaction in real time, like oh, no. as the movie is unfolding and that and that scene where he sort of becomes like the emo Peter Parker, I I sat in the theater and watched the entire theater start to chuckle uncontrollably. Uh-huh. I was like, ooh, uh-huh. I this is probably not the desired effect so much, but but man, this is awesome. <laughs> that it's, scene is so bonkers, I kind of love it. It's, it's so great, but man, did it not land the way I think that <laughs> it's, no. it's aged better. I think. I think people have more of an appreciation for it now that it could be a meme and it could be a gif and sure. you could, you know, it has right. its, its place. Uh, but at the time, and even watching it, there's a lot of cringe, and you're like, "What's happening?" And then he's being very misogynistic, and you're like, "What the what? Like, this is not Peter Parker. This is not Spider Man. Like, Aunt May would be very displeased." <laughs> opening night at the Providence Place Cinema uh, at the I was like I was just like oh Jesus like <laughs> this is <laughs> people are having a good time but <laughs> they're 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 I feel like they're they're laughing at the 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 scary parts and scared of the, of the funny parts I guess you could say <laughs> I, I think what I think what killed these Andrew Garfield movies because I don't I don't think they're considered a success you know they made two of them I think they made okay money. But I'm there's sure a reason made why a Sony, dollars, yeah, yeah. But but there's also a reason why Sony didn't make a third one and struck this deal with Marvel to get Spider-Man into the cinematic universe. And I think part of that is the Dark Knight trilogy had kind of just happened with Christopher Nolan. The Marvel Cinematic Universe was getting spun up, where you, I think, the Avengers had come out the year before um, Amazing Spider-Man. And I think people were not happy with a kind of mediocre Spider-Man movie. Right, they wanted yeah. something awesome, and that it did not deliver. Yeah, the thing is, um, yeah, the bar in between when they started doing a a a second round of Spider-Man movies, the bar was reset to Definitely. way higher than than it had been because all they had to really compete against was the other Spider-Man movies, which is certainly a bar itself, but then. Like you were saying, like all of a sudden, 
There's three, there's a, a connected trilogy of Batman flicks. And then the entire Marvel movies where they all interconnect. So yeah, it was, um, there was more stuff happening uh, around the superhero movie genre than there was at first. And there's a bunch of stuff about like the mystery of Peter's parents, which I didn't care about. Although I was excited to see M. Beth Davids from Army of Darkness as Peter Parker's mother. Fantastic. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Love that movie. That's that's a that's a good one. Yeah, and it sort of gets resolved in the second movie, and there's that that little bit of drama that's nice and different, but it's not enough of the movie. It's like they forgot they were doing it, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, we have to like do this now, and let's do the thing." <laughs> yeah. Um. We 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 may have you know filmed these scenes. Let's do this stuff, and it was. It, I did like that his that there was a mention of his parents because everywhere else they just sort of like, it's just the aunt and uncle and that's it. And there's no mention of anything and it's, it's good for them to do that, but it just, it wasn't enough. It was the, you know, like you said earlier, it was just them trying to do all the things they didn't do in those first three movies. And certainly you you have to judge it against the other Spider-Man movies. But if you had never, ever seen any other Spider-Man thing, I still think you'd probably think, wow, why am I so sad <laughs> at, the end of this, at the end of this movie? So I got to say, I, I will see almost any piece of shit movie based on a comic book. And I didn't go see the second and I didn't go see the second Andrew Garfield movie. And not that I hated Amazing Spider-Man. No. Like I like I hated Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. I think that movie is garbage. Oh, but Christ. I just left Amazing Spider-Man like Ugh, that was certainly a movie. <laughs> yeah, that existed. Yeah, I, that that's I that's how I felt a couple of days ago. I was just like, all right, well, I've seen that now. <laughs> <laughs> Great, moving on. Not the best Spider-Man movie, but it is the one with any skateboarding at all, which is why we're talking about it on this podcast. Here and, we are. And especially there is a scene like right after he, he Peter gets his powers where he goes to an abandoned warehouse like he's Kevin Bacon and Footloose. Very Footloose vibes. Yeah, yeah. or Flashdance and just does some fucking kick flips while <laughs> hanging off the walls. And Michael, what did you think of that? So I, it, it's, it's interesting because that the only thing I knew about these movies or about this movie was that there was sort of a skateboarding Spider-Man. <laughs> and I knew, I knew more about the stunt guy because of my connection to skateboarding. And he's a pretty interesting cat. His name's William Spencer. And he uh, he's, it's, it's interesting. There's the, the best way to get an insight to him. There's a, a website called the barracks, B E R R I C S um, where they do kind of a little featurette on that guy and I was very charmed by that cat. He, there's sort of a, we've, we've discussed on this podcast a lot of times before about sort of the weird inside world of skateboarding and, and how very concerned it is with appearing cool and not sort of selling out to the outside world. And this guy is sort of couched in both worlds where he, he admits freely that he is a sort of a mediocre skateboarder who would not have been able to ever be like a sponsored professional skateboarder, but he's physically fit enough and his abilities on a skateboard have gotten him work as a stunt double in Hollywood. And so knowing that 
and and kind of knowing about this guy's backstory, you almost get the sense that they had Peter Parker have an interest in skateboarding because of this guy who got hired to be a stunt double. And it's kind of like, what else can you do? And he, he, he's, his skateboarding style is very much in the sort of the stunt using the skateboard as like a, a prop in a, in, in doing stunts on a skateboard style of skateboarding. And in that, in the feature on the barracks called the real Spider-Man of skateboarding, they show him skateboarding around this, this skate park doing all these sort of like front flips off of objects onto his skateboard. And um, there's, it's really interesting because you get an insight into skateboarding because he's trying this trick literally a hundred times to land it properly. And he talks a lot about how the interesting thing is that when he's on a Hollywood set, there's this sort of feeling of like, Oh, it's good enough. We can fix it in post, but being from the world of skateboarding where his quote is in skateboarding, if you, you either did it or you didn't do it. And so he, he often finds himself in a position where he's like sort of defending his, intention to do it over and over again until he gets it right because at least within the realm of skateboarding he could say yeah i'm sort of in this weird hollywood production where the skateboarding always sort of comes off as a little bit lame and contrived (laughs) but at least i actually did the trick without the use of wires or cgi to to you know so the, I think the only sort of studio magic they did in the sequence of him skateboarding in the abandoned warehouse is that at some point the, the skateboard is stuck to his feet, but that's, that's a, that's a, um, that's a construct of the fact that his superpowers, Peter Parker's superpowers means that he has like sticky hands and, and feet. Yeah. And hand feet. So it works in the context of, of, of the film. But I thought it was really interesting that this guy, I was sort of ready to not like him <laughs> because of how kind of couched I am in the world of like, in skateboarding, there's only skateboarding and you don't, you know, every time it ends up in a movie, it ends up being sort of a lame, you know, like, oh, let's have a fight scene with a skateboard or, you know, but this guy has this really, really good sense of like where he sort of exists in that world. He's like, look, there's not a lot of financial, uh, opportunities to be a professional skateboarder um and i was never very good i was never good enough to be a professional skateboarder but i can get work (laughs) doing this and i you know and and the fact that i'm using skateboarding as sort of a way to 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 kind of find my way in that industry it's, it's kind of really interesting and it is cool that that's when you when you when you watch like that's really him in a in a Spider-Man outfit just shredding on a skateboard doing front flips and cool dives and stuff like that. So I came away with this from this with a kind of a bigger appreciation of that dude because because of his sort of like willingness to be like, yeah, but I'm getting paid to do it. So cool, you know? That that was pretty neat. I wonder if they let him wear anything under the Spider-Man costume because they apparently did not let Andrew Garfield wear anything because it would have um, looked incorrect. Yeah, um, you don't want a visible panty line. That's right. Sure. And so now I'm imagining this guy basically like naked except for the spider suit doing these these things. And I, I imagine that he does not skateboard naked ever. Um, no. And and so that could probably those two things don't go together. Um, and, and so I'm wondering if that was an experience for him. I'm sure. Well, and that that's the thing. I I think when you it it's 
it puts you in a lot of sort of awkward positions that as a skateboarder, you probably wouldn't be in unless, you know, there is a certain degree of naked skateboarding that happens, but that's, that's a sort of another, that's another podcast altogether. But yeah, he, that's for our it jackass is, episode. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of, <laughs> lot of naked skateboarding and jackass, but um, yeah, I, I'm sure that there's a certain amount of a, you know, every pro skater that finds themselves on a Hollywood movie set talks about how there's this certain amount of like, compromise where you find yourself wearing clothes that you wouldn't necessarily wear on the streets or you know the in order a lot of street skateboarding that happens but you're still wearing pads because it's a kid's movie and you gotta you know be safe for the kids or whatever so i'm sure that having to be naked underneath the spider costume was just the concession he was willing to make in order to to make the kind of coin you're definitely not making as a professional skateboarder that's for sure probably it's it's funny that i that was one of the the funniest things to me in, in, in learning about this guy was that he was so aware of the fact that most skateboarders are thinking of him in terms of like, ugh, <laughs> you're the Hollywood skateboard guy. But he was kind of like, hey, man, you know, I'm not as good as the best pros, but it's a thing that I, you know, it's like a, it's a thing that I can add to my resume. And I actually had to, I have a lot of respect for that. Actually, yeah. I think it's pretty cool. I wish I could put Spider-Man skateboard footloose sequence on my resume yeah right i mean that's that's that would certainly certainly pad out the uh the rest of your resume there kevin i also think the skateboard thing in this movie is another way they tried to differentiate from the same right movies because the like the toby mcguire peter parker was a like a lovable doofus and the andrew garfield one is more of kind of a brooding they they made him cooler or they tried to make him yeah right yeah he had like a he had like a cool tousled hair and the right. brooding and he listened to emo music and he had a rear window poster in his room <laughs> well like, and it's funny because it, it's a lot of times in 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 movies a skateboard the presence of a skateboard is just used as a way of like this is a teenage kid um but there's not usually a lot of like it's just sort of a prop but i was sort of pleased to see that in his bedroom he did have like you know pages of thrasher magazine pasted on his walls it was like it didn't come up as much of a part of his larger personality but at least they made the effort to be like no this is more than just a prop for him to be holding so that as spider-man 10 minutes later he can be riding a skateboard he had his old decks hung on his wall and that i was like all right they they did enough they did enough there was a prop guy who was like no no we gotta have we gotta have certain pages of skateboard mm-hmm. magazines cut out at his bedroom wall so yeah in the second movie he took down the rear window poster and put up a dog down and z boys poster ah, well there you go <laughs> Well, a also, little follow through in a little in a lot of the high school movies you see the the kids who are are skateboarding are often outside of you know maybe they're part of the stoner crowd or maybe they're part of that but they're never the never the smart kids and and peter parker is supposed to be a smart kid so now they're they're doing this like merging of high school tropes Mm. and stereotypes we we actually touch on that a little bit on the on the the episode of bad santa where it's been it's it's really interesting to watch the evolution of like who the skater kid is in movies based on the popularity at any given time 
of skateboarding in the larger, like in Bad Santa, the, the skater kids are bullies. They're fucking asshole <laughs> bully kids. But three or four years prior to that, it would have always been the kid getting bullied because of the skateboard. So yeah, yeah interesting stuff. And I think we can all agree that Into the Spider-Verse oh my God. is the best one. So I will, I will say this. I had I heard about Into the Spider-Verse. I was excited about it. But when I found out that Spider-Ham, which as Kevin, as you know, as I'm not a huge comic book guy, but I was a massive fan of Spider-Ham as a kid <laughs> because of because of its labored puns about different animals. And I just I was delighted by Spider-Ham. And then to find out that Spider-Ham was being voiced by none other than John Mulaney. I was in for that ride and God damn it. What a fucking great movie. That was amazing. Amazing. The, the art was amazing and the colors were, were fantastic. Um, and, and it was just, it was wonderful. Um, and I was very pleased with it. Yeah. It, it really knocked me on my ass. Yeah. It was great. For for a Spider-Man movie to win best animated feature at the Oscars. It's, it's really got a punch way above its weight. Now, now, Joe, in the wake of um, the most recent Marvel Spider-Man movie, No Way Home, there has been like a movement on the internet of people saying that they should make more Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies in addition to what they're doing with Tom Holland. And uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on this. Um, that's okay. They, they, don't have to, <laughs> they don't have to do that. No, they don't have to do that on our account. Um, I mean, hey, thanks. But I mean, my thought was before No Way Home came out that I wanted uh, all of the the big actors from the previous non-Marvel Cinematic Connected Universe movies to get something going in the Connected Universe. I thought, well, that would be nice if this guy from here came back, and now lots of them are coming back, um, like the guy who played uh, J. Jonah Jameson, you know. Um, and I thought, well, surely there's something in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that Andrew Garfield can do. And now, well, he just did Spider-Man in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, um, I mean, okay. Uh but I think the multiverse that, is a concept about which we know very little. Jack. That's right. That's, I think we got his <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man three in 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 No Way Home. Well, gang, I feel like we have interrogated the Amazing Spider-Man and its effect on skateboarding and comic books. And I thank our guests, Joe and Tony Ann. <laughs> uh, Joe, if you want to plug the great stuff going on both online and at DragonCon through the Sci-Fi Classics track, please. I will do that. And Kevin and Tony Ann and Michael, if you want to come, you do it too. We, uh, every every couple of weeks, we do um, video panels. We started once, you know, when civilization collapsed uh, last year and we were doing uh, video panels, uh, video ner- nerdy video panels every single week. Now they're just two weeks, every two weeks, where we just do like a sci-fi convention panel, but on your computer. And that is at facebook.com slash groups slash American Sci-Fi Classics. 
just Google American Sci-Fi Classics and we'll be there. If you want to do if you want to do a panel on skateboarding and rap music, I will be there. <laughs> okay. Other Done. than that, I think I'll be a little out of my league, but you know, <laughs> we we will have a link uh, in the show notes. To... And uh, Tony Ann and Kevin have been on a zillion of our things online and in real life, and hopefully, uh, we you, you guys come back to do more live action stuff with us very soon. And Kevin, I believe. The next time we do a quarantine panel, we are going to be uh, read. We're going to be revisiting the battle of the fictional bands. Yes, and that should be happening the week this comes out. I think that's Thursday, nice. the tenth of March, at nine p.m. Eastern time. So yeah, so go to the classic track page and look that up because I think uh, I think Tony and I think you're on that too, right? I am. And we're going to talk about Bill and Ted. Nice. Because I have a lot of things to say about the Bugaloos. So I'm excited. Thank you for listening. Our website is gleamingthetube.net. We're on Facebook at Gleaming the Tube. And our email is gleamingpod at gmail.com. Production assistance by Liam Gray. Music by Kissing Contest. Skateboarding is not a crime. <laughs>